if you want to go talk with a coach and you are a, a guy from Lisbon, the center of Lisbon, and you want to go talk with a coach from the north of Portugal, uh, you cannot go, you should not go in a in a nice shirt, in a nice thing, in, in very fancy and uh, coming from an IT company. You need to arrive there, you need to, first of all, you need to explain to the other guy that you know what you're talking about. So if you are talking about the system, probably it's good for you to speak about him. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Sporting Global Podcast and today I'm here with Jose all the way from actually quite cold Lisbon these days. <laughs> I guess that's a, that's a rear, rear side house. How's everything going nonetheless with, with a little bit of a bad weather down, down south? Yeah, everything's great except for exactly the weather. It's not, uh, it's, we're not used to that, this kind of weather in Lisbon, storms, cold, rain and everything, you know? Exactly. No, I I know the feeling. I mean, like it's always, it's always uh, quite. I wouldn't say always super hot, but it's quite nice weather in in Lisbon. So oh, usually it's always clear weather at least. Yeah. No, that's that's good. But a bit a bit windy though, you know, with the with the airport and all this stuff. But you get used to yeah. it quite quite fast. Nonetheless, we're not here to talk about the weather. We're here to talk about obviously your background and experience and a little bit about your journey, of course, in the sport industry and. And first of all, you know, why don't you, why don't you share a little bit about, you know, how, how your journey in the sport industry began. Take a little bit through how it all started for you. Okay, so um, I was always a, a passionate uh, football fan, uh, always a football player. I played in, uh, in several clubs when I was a kid, Sporting yep. Lisbon, Belenenses, Estoril. Then I went to Belgium to study. Uh, I, de I decided not to go for a, a sports uh, studies. I decided to go for more general studies, uh, management and, and international business. Sure. Uh, when I decided my master's in international business, I, I was already thinking about football because football is probably one of the biggest international businesses in the world. Yeah. Um, and once I finished my master's, uh, I arrived in Lisbon and I actually didn't know how to start. Uh, where to start. Um, I didn't want to start a 95 job directly. Um, I was okay uh, financially, so I, I decided to take a year off. Uh, mm -hmm. This was in 2015, but it was never a year off. It was a year where I would start thinking about where, what I wanted, how I wanted to things to go. And I, I happily I met, uh, I knew some people from Sporting Lisbon. One yep. of them was Aureli Pereira, the, the, yeah. the mythical uh, scouting director from Sporting that found Cristiano, Figo, Nani, and all of these guys, um, and so this this Aurelio uh, invited me to go to the academy and uh, explain me how the process uh, went and what I should do first. And uh, it, is, it told me that the first thing I should do was to know how to look a player, how to understand a kid, uh, how to uh, see a you a young uh, ten year old kid, uh, and to how to observe him. And so that's why how I started it. Right. I started in the in sporting uh, youth scout uh, as a sporting youth scout. It was just on weekends, sure. but it got me for a whole uh, two years. Um, it it got me to understand how the football observation and scouting processes go. Right. Uh, how a club like Sporting uh, operates uh, internally. I, I was a bit surprised for from all the uh, not lack of professionalism, of course, but. 
I, I thought things would be much more advanced um, in a club like Sporting. Uh, right. And I remember at the time they 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 uh, did a conference for all the scouts and they talked about football ISM uh, at the time because it was being uh, implemented and uh, it was being developed for Sporting. And I thought like, yeah, this 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 thing is is great, you know. Yeah. And uh, three years after, uh, I then. Uh, in 2016, I, I knew that I was going to be a father, so um, I could not just be working on weekends and uh, doing much things on during the day. So I went to the advertisement and media uh, world for uh, two years, yeah. and meanwhile, I was always trying to look for um, for jobs in in the football industry. Uh, right. More more related. I didn't. I wanted to do like uh, coaching courses, uh, but never actually i i quickly understood that the 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 coaching world the day to day of a football club was not i was not ready for it yet yeah. um so i my from my background my studies i thought that uh, probably my direction should be more related to um startups uh, new products uh, tech products where right. i could be more of a business developer and that's exactly what i found in football ism in 2017 2018 sorry uh, and uh, from that uh, from that moment i i am in football ism and and my work in in football has been growing uh, ever since that's great i mean like it's a, it's a cool story and i mean like also i appreciate you kind of just sharing a little bit about um kind of like the journey of of just yeah, like the struggles as well of, of getting into sport, right? Don't knowing where you're, where you're starting. And I think like, again, this is a lot of the reason why we have this conversation. Exactly. And uh, People try to go to agencies. <laughs> uh, I wanted to go to an agency. And like nowadays, I think like, yeah, going to an agency would be the, the biggest mistake I would have done, you know? Right. No, but it, but it's also about kind of just understanding, right, the process of how hard it is, right? And a lot of people, you know, struggle to to understand okay how to begin where to begin but you know there's always multiple angles to to enter right and also as exactly. you said like oh i'm like i started a scouting but then you realize okay like a more natural approach for me is you know more business startup tech you know this kind of way even but even being involved in sports and football right so people sometimes get stuck to that like oh i have to work for sporting lisbon or benfica or like i have or to for work a club directly exactly you know but but it doesn't work that way you know you can be involved with so many things and, and maybe i guess for you too it's like uh you know now you can work with many clubs because of football ism you know so that's also a, a beautiful thing i know do. much more now about the football club because of my work than uh, maybe if i was uh, working in a scouting department for a club <laughs> right no exactly and so it's always good to kind of you know have this in the back of their mind um uh, for you that are listening of course and Obviously, let, let's talk a little bit about football ISM. Obviously, uh, you've been part of that since 2018, uh, as you mentioned. But first of all, like, what what is it, and what is the kind of the, the key purpose behind it? Okay, so um, football ISM was uh, it was basically it all started in 2011-12 uh, right. uh, when the director of sporting Lisbon uh, basically he started. He, he's a visionary. Uh, he's Pedro Milomes. He's the guy that built the academy in sporting is the guy that uh, in 2013 went on to build and to build the great Benfica academy uh, yeah. that now gives all the players that they are giving like Gonzalo Ramos that just scored three goals against Switzerland yeah. Uh, but yeah uh, basically this guy uh, looked at uh, and he told he had a dream 
that uh, it was he, he, he saw that it was zero productivity on on all departments working uh, separately uh, mm. so the coaches are using one system the scouts another one one is using excel the other one powerpoint the other one right. word no one communicates they all communicate on phone calls and nothing is registered um, because of all the rotation mm. uh, on, on, on mostly on the technical areas and on the scouting areas uh, right. lots of work uh, is lost because uh, on the contrary to general businesses in football uh, people uh, and general stakeholders coaches scouts and everything they feel they are entitled to their own work so they 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 just leave the club and they uh, they leave the club with the work they have been doing yeah. for the last two three years I give you an <laughs> exactly. I give you an example. The, one of the coaches that was in Guimarães, first division club in Portugal, yeah. for two years he used the resources of um, of uh, Guimarães uh, to make a thorough analysis of all the referees in first and second league in Portugal. Yeah. Uh, like every week they, he was doing analysis and analysis. After two years, he left the club. He went to Befica, and he took all the information with him. And so basically for two years, uh, you had like five or six or seven people that were in Guimarães that still are in Guimarães that lost all the work they have been doing for the last two years and Befica actually gained with it. And so right. basically this guy uh, launched the contest, uh, Pedro Milomic, getting back to the story, in 2010, uh, launched the contest saying, guys, I need a, a tech company that uh, will give me a system where everyone can work uh, so that I can have all the information in the same place I can manage all the information. I can start crossing the data uh, because big data is the future. And now, of right. course, uh, this was back in 2010. So yeah. he's already a visionary. Yeah, it's, it's and so, probably talking about that for sure. So. Exactly, very early, yeah. We won the contest for five, six years. We developed the system with them. Um, of course, Sporting is, was a bit of a chaos in terms of presidents and results and uh, uh, presidents back and forth. And so the project stopped and right, right back uh, many times yeah. in 2018 uh, 2017 sorry uh, basically sporting uh, didn't want to pay the last uh, third part yeah. uh, like typical football club yeah. uh, and they said like okay you can sell it to clubs and for us it was yeah okay it's a good bargain at the time we are a tech company a multinational tech company specialized in services so uh, we didn't have any experience in uh, the football world we yeah. didn't know how it worked uh, we were at the beginning. We were selling the football ISM as a one-shot fee, like a huge price. Uh, mm -hmm. No one is going uh, because of the rotation. No one is going to take responsibility for it. Right. Um, we needed to understand the business model, right? And that's also why I came in in 2018, so that I could be the the business manager slash sales manager slash right. the guy that is going to run a little bit the business itself and right. uh, strategies, communication, and everything. The main purpose to answer the question uh, of Football ISM is basically centralization of information, better productivity, better efficiency, and in one sentence, the right information at the right time to the right person. So with all these things, uh, the club gets much more productive. And most of all, this is from the beginning. If you right. think a little bit in, on the medium to long term, you are getting data from the last five, 10 years, and imagine what you can do with that. That's mm -hmm. from all the different departments, what you can do in terms of machine learning, predictive models. Um, we are still not there yet, of course, yeah. uh, because we worked for the last four years. But I really do believe that 
without this, you cannot, without having all the information in the same place, you cannot do that. So right. we are trying to get in advance so that in a few years we can be a, a role model in, in what is uh, injury prevention, uh, taking care of the, of the kids in the right way and uh, getting the right path uh, for all, the, all these things. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it makes make, makes a lot of sense. And thanks for the in-depth story, you know, and how it how it all started. I mean, like it's uh, it's it's fascinating how these projects comes comes to life, right? And also a little bit about like exactly. uh, just in a sense the outcome, right? Of like you have like this almost like exclusivity agreement, and then you know suddenly you're you're out here selling <laughs> selling it to everyone. <laughs> I mean, like at the end of the day, you know, that's probably a better better model anyways right it's more people more club of clubs more organization can benefit the system so at the end of the day it's going to benefit the football industry and i think that's that's, that's what we all that's what we all want um so so talk a little about obviously your your role you're the head of business development now as you were kind of like you know going into at the end there but talk a little about like some of your key responsibilities and a little bit about the priorities uh, these days that you have Okay, so basically, to explain you the structure a little bit, uh, Football SM, when I, once I got in, uh, we had our CEO that was actually the CEO of the tech company. Mm. So what we are talking about is a guy, um, Philippe Steves. Um, he, yeah, he, he was the guy that won the contest. He went there to do everything. But at the same time, he was a, a, the CEO of a company of, uh, at the time, we were uh, 600 people. So uh, he didn't have time to do uh, to go after clients, uh, to make follow-up meetings, uh, to manage media, to do all these kinds of stuff. So we needed someone to help, and um, and we had a product manager that was actually helping him, and it is Carlos Valentin, that is basically the guy behind everything, behind all the system, uh, yeah. all the requisites. He went to Sporting Lisbon for three or four years, and we had a lead developer. This was the team. So uh, the CEO that was actually the CEO, uh, the thing is uh, with Sporting Lisbon, of course, we lost some money. Uh, the company yeah. lost some money. And our mother company, the Moonji Group, uh, is a company specialized in services. So they are used to making fast money. Uh, it was actually the first product of the company and the culture of products didn't really exist. So the hiring was actually difficult. And once I talked with Philippe, he told me, uh, I can call you in two weeks or I can call you in three months. So he actually managed to convince directly the French guy to meet me. And it was basically the last shot. If I didn't get in at that time, probably Football ISM would have um, been finished at the time uh, yeah. because it, it didn't have any client for a whole year, it, lots of investment. Yeah. In my opinion, it, were not, it was not lots of investment, uh, but for the idea of not winning fast money like the company was used is used to. Yeah, um, it was a bit different, uh, different kind of culture. So at the beginning, I was really hired a bit more because of my language skills and to be salesman. So my idea was selling, 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 selling. Of course, if we are talking about a, a structure of three, four, five people we had help from the company to develop okay so uh, i'm talking about fully exclusive people but of course we had developers to run out the apps to run out some uh, urgencies and everything but at the beginning i was really only a sales manager from the moment i will tell you the marketing department for example it's a, a shared department for all the companies in the group in mm -hmm. Portugal, so we are talking about seven companies in the in, in the group that yeah. are uh, helped by a ten people marketing department. 
Right. So it's not a full marketing department. At the beginning, of course, they are they were doing the marketing for ISM. They really liked it because instead of doing general marketing like the, all the other companies that are the same, this is a product, this is a bit different. But I had my ideas. I, I really didn't. Um, I found out lots of things that, uh, and don't forget, I came from two years in the advertisement and media world. So right. I had some experience and I had some knowledge about these yeah. kinds of things. It was not easy to get... Um, the management of it, because at the beginning I was really a business manager working to sell. Uh, but throughout time, uh, I got also the responsibility of the marketing uh, marketing strategies and marketing. I was heading. Now I'm basically the also I manage the marketing side, understanding what are the strategies, what are my right. goals, and finally, once the product is growing, once you start closing clients, once you start uh, creating other products. You need to start thinking and visualizing the future. And right. uh, my uh, one of my key responsibilities that I really think nowadays is the strategy of the of the whole. It's not only football ISM now. It will become ISM Sports next year with three products. I want to create more products. I want to really create a sports tech company. Uh, and my goal basically now is to really prepare a, a pitch deck, investment deck to go to the French guys up top. And, uh, and and sell them the idea of the future of the system because if you compare our football ISM with my competitors, yeah, all of them already got like two, three, four million uh, investment funds, VCs, uh, or 50 million like Kitman Labs. Uh, they all got into the rounds of investment that I cannot, uh, but my idea is, okay, guys, do you want to invest? If you don't, at least let me try to go pick some investment because I really do believe that the future of the of the company might be bright. Right. No, but that's it makes a lot of sense. And as you were saying, you know, like you also need to, you know, stay on top of, of your competitors, right? And if you're gonna grow in this market, I mean like if everyone is kind of stepping ahead, you need to follow that exactly. or, or be ahead, you know, if you if you can as well. So I, I understand it's a little bit of a different model in that sense just because of how obviously everything is structured but uh exactly but it's very at, the, very at the same time uh, i have my salary at the end of the month i'm sure i'm going to have it so uh, <laughs> i'm talking about like the differences between startups and big companies yeah. you know so yeah. in this in this way at least, at least you don't have to live on a month I'm safe. basis you know <laughs> exactly I'm, that's that's all of course always the good yeah. part of the we have great offices we have yeah. everything is great um, but yeah, for, for two, three, four years at the beginning, I had to be also, um, I had to be client manager uh, because right. my my colleague, uh, Carlos, uh, could not manage anything, everything. So we got too many clients for for the people we had. And so for the, uh, until this year where we hired a, a customer success manager, yeah. uh, I was basically half of my time I was dealing with clients, with their day-to-day -day jobs. Right. Uh, I had to help Carlos making sure uh, and I was always telling my my superiors that guys, uh, it doesn't make sense to get more clients uh, if we cannot manage the ones we have. So let's focus on the ones we have first, right. making sure they are okay, uh, they are good, they are working on the system, and then we'll go out for some new clients. And yeah. that's what happened this year, also with the the hirings and right. the and the new uh, the new clients we have. It makes 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 a lot of sense, and it's a. Uh fascinating journey right the balance between you know getting enough clients and also you know making sure you take care of them at the end of the day that's and uh, fighting for investment and telling them guys <laughs> ten thousand euros for a commercial deal with sevilla is worth it's worth it's it's worth it's worth 
again, it's 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 culturally wise. It's a it's a different mentality because of the. I don't blame. Uh, it's not it's not that I blame. And and, and what I'm telling now, uh, with you here, I also tell them directly. I'm not right, here right. doing. Uh, my opinion is clear, and everyone yeah. knows it. Um, yeah. It's just it's a cultural view of of right. the company itself that I try to change every day and with different stuff and of course clients help uh, and new projects help uh, yeah. with this hey, step by step it's going to happen you know just exactly. get patient work hard show the results it's all going to pay out exactly so i wanted to obviously talk talk a little about um your work as obviously i think you kind of covered it quite well with your work as a scout for sporting lisbon um but I, but i wanted to talk a bit about you know that that time and a little bit about like some lessons you learned from this job you know that you had over the two two years that you brought with you to football icing yeah um some interesting things i think here um first of all um once you get in as a scout, you need to understand, um, talking about the scouting position, you need to understand that you don't know anything. Uh, so that you really like football, of course, you read stuff, uh, yeah. but you really don't. I was wat watching a player, uh, I, I remember perfectly, I was with my coordinator, I was in, uh, a 12-year-old player in Estoril, uh, yeah. and I, a central defender, and I was like, yeah, this guy is great, man. And like, he just did three minutes on, on the phone, and he just checked, yeah, but... This guy first is from January, so uh, the relative age constant. Okay, so this was the first thing. So he's from January, probably is playing with kids from December. So one year when you are 11, 12, it's big. And this guy comes from Benfica. And so he comes from Benfica and he's now in Estoril, so he downgraded. So probably, it's not obvious, he might have other reasons, but yeah. probably it was not good enough for Benfica. So. Uh, of course, he's, my, he's good for Estoril in this case, but he's from January and he did prove in Befica. So right. you cannot say directly that he's very good. Of course, if you see him five, six, seven, eight times, maybe Befica was not right, but right. you cannot say it automatically like, yeah, okay, great, this guy. So this was only the first story that mm. got me to understand, okay, I need to see the parents. I need to understand and hear the parents. What are they talking about? I need to understand if the mother and the father are like, this guy is going to be my next Cristiano Ronaldo because the parents are probably the the the, the biggest killers of football players in in the world. They are yeah. the the worst species in the football world, in my opinion. So I saw uh, it was some disgusting things. Like uh, a father, uh, a kid was doing a corner, uh, making corner. He, he failed the corner, and the father was screaming at him. I was like, how how is this possible? Like right. parents fighting each other, like. All these kinds of things help me understand, okay, I really don't know uh, much uh, of football. At another point, taking what I learned from the scout, not only the scouting position, but what I learned in that moment. It was like, I, when talking with friends and uh, about what I read and everything, I really thought I really knew lots of stuff. Yeah. But um, study, 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 study. I did a course in a, in a new um, a postgrad of a technical director uh, yeah. in, a, in a European university, uh, and there I understood the the, the concept of the different uh, game game phases. I understand what are the different positions in a club uh, with football ISM. Also, I really understood the different departments exactly how they relate to each other, yeah. and so 
One thing that is important, in my opinion, and I always tell people that ask me for advice, what should I do and how should I do it's to be always uh, up to date on on and to know how to speak with everyone. Because yeah. if you are not a former player, like I'm not a former player, right. uh, even though, of course, everyone is a former player, but I'm not like a first division. <laughs> we guy. all been superstars. Uh, <laughs> we are been superstars, exactly. But if I'm not one of those guys that has the 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 star up top saying okay this guy knows about football uh you need to really know so even for football ism a, a lot of a thing that i told uh, the new guy coming in january is like if you want to go talk with the coach and you are a, a guy from lisbon the center of lisbon and you want to go talk with the coach from the north of portugal uh, you cannot go. You should not go in a in a nice shirt, in a nice thing, and and very fancy, and uh, coming from an IT company. You need to arrive there. You need to first of all, you need to explain to the other guy that you know what you're talking about. So if you are talking about the system, probably it's good for you to speak about. Imagine when you're talking about the training sessions. Uh, it's good for you to explain and not explain him, but to show him that you know some concepts of football that he's not thinking that you know. Mm. So um, to understand, uh, imagine uh, when you're talking about um, offensive transitions when you and, and to use some of the vocabulary um, yeah. that, the, that the, these guys will see you, even right. though you are from an IT company saying, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about. Mm. And so that's one of the most, and for that, Right. You're not gonna know that uh, looking at football on the uh, on the TV. You're going to know that reading, reading, yeah. reading, understanding uh, all the different uh, models of the game, understanding right. uh, and and always every day, 10, 20 minutes understanding the the the, uh, the what is happening in football world. Yeah. So that you once you reach into a meeting, hey, did you see the game yesterday? Whoa, uh, your U seventeens won an incredible thing last last week. So. That culture right. is very important, in my opinion. Yeah. That's what scouting thing brought me to football. I said as well. Hundred, hundred percent makes 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 a lot of sense. And I, at the end of the day, you know, it comes down to bringing relevant examples, right? That that the potential customer or client can relate to. And I mean, like that's that's probably the most important thing. And I think probably more important when you come from, how can I say, more of a tech company, right? In a sense, because people are maybe even more skeptic at this point of kind of like, oh, do you actually know the industry, right? And, exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah, you're you're probably... coming from an IT company selling me a software. What right. do you know and, about football? You know? Right. So you need to convince them, right? At the end of the day, it's it, it's part of the process, right? And once you have that credibility, I mean, like, then, you know, it takes exactly. to be a lot, a lot. And easier. even the dress code is important. It's something that I really fought in my company because at the beginning, yeah. they were telling me you need to wear a suit. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> Do you really want me to wear a suit to go talk with a sports director from a second division club in Portugal? Yeah, they're not going to use a suit. He's <laughs> going to look at a 27-year-old guy with a suit, with a briefcase, coming from an IT company and coming from Lisbon. Because, uh, of course, also in Portugal, 85% of football is up north. And right. there is a rivalry between the north and the capital. And yeah. so all these things together, I was like, how do you want me to sell something if I'm going like this? Yeah. So everything was a step over to understand how right. you should behave yourself in, in, right. in football world. Hundred percent. No, it's a, it's a really good point, and it's like so many factors involved, right? Of like how just the industry works, right? And that's what makes also the sport industry the way, or the football industry 
you know, itself, you know, a piece of its own, right? You need to know exactly. how it works, Completely. the ins and outs. And, and, and yeah, it, it's like a difference, right? It's one thing, you know, going to like a big club, right? In, in the main city, in the capital, like talking with them. And then, you know, maybe you go in the smaller club in a, in a bit on the middle of nowhere, right? And you, you know, it's different, you know? Exactly. And then you got to speak the same language at the end of the day, you know? The way the way you express, the way you communicate, at all, it, it's all part of the part of the process. Um, I, I wanted to, as we're about to kind of you know finalize this, I wanted to kind of touch upon, you know, some some key trends that you foresee, especially when it comes to big data utilization of it in the football industry. Working so closely also with with, with a lot of different clubs, uh, with with footballism, you know, like. What are some key trends that you foresee in in the space, and like, how do you, how are people going to utilize this in the football industry moving forward? Um, okay, so uh, it's it's a it's a question that can go for uh, for for a better, <laughs> like, like uh, a just short, one short podcast. Can, can go. <laughs> no, you have different. You have, you have. Um, yep. I think the idea of big data is generalized. Uh, everyone thinks it's good. Everyone uh, knows it's good. Then uh, you have the second part, that is how to do it. Yeah. And that's where I think lots of clubs are failing uh, because lots of clubs, um, they really think, okay, I need the data, data, system, system, systems. And so everyone wants the idea of big data. So this guy creates the lab, then the other guy creates the, the, the technical thing, then the other right. one uses the... And so, but at the end, they are all still doing the same thing, is growing inside their own departments. Okay, it's yeah. nice sure but uh, they really don't understand that you are big data is where you can put all data it's not only injuries nutrition and anthropometry mm -hmm. uh, related with the physical effort of, from the gps in training it's right. also the psychological context the schools they have at uh, the, the grades they have at school and yeah. um and, and and the legal and fam family environment so what I think uh, the problem is, uh, the problem, it's not the problem, but uh, what I think lots of clubs are prioritizing and spending thousands and thousands and thousands of, of, of euros, um, hundreds of thousands of euros in, is the big data and the idea of high performance and creating robots. Right. Uh, they really want really to create the next Erling Haaland, uh, easy, easy, easy. I, for me, I really like him, of course, but I'm, I'm giving the example of yeah, yeah. Uh, the guy from the football world, the modern football, and that's the key priority. In my point of view, personally, I believe football clubs have a different responsibility because football clubs have the responsibility of 99% uh, of the kids are not going to be professional football players right. um, of those clubs. And so, what are you aiming for? Of course, you want to win money with the with great players. Yeah, no doubt. Of course, you want to be a reference club. You want to win titles. You want to everything. But I think, and at least for me, in my personal objective, uh, when I will create my own club, is first, I want to make sure that those ninety nine point nine percent are going into the adult life, knowing how to eat, with their psychological. Um, environment uh, well uh, well managed uh, well going forward uh, with a healthy lifestyle uh, understanding the priorities in life knowing how to do their taxes uh, knowing how to do some things that even you don't even learn at school so yeah. but my idea is basically that, and i'm talking about uh, here in in central europe uh, yeah. we are not even talking about the influence that football can have in uh, in in 
in all over the world. Yeah. Of course, unfortunately, if everyone saw the FIFA documentary in Netflix, you know that uh, lots of the money that is going for these countries are not is not going exactly where it should go. Yeah. Uh, but my vision of football for the future and this big data and everything is not only to create the perfect robot. And that's what I think the, the industry is heading for. And that's where I want to diverge as well. I really want to more focus much more on the educational side uh, and guaranteeing that I'm because these guys are going to be investors in the future. These guys are going to be great guys in the future. And if you yeah. learn and if you, you teach them how to be uh, responsible and good adults in life, they are not only be good for them, they are going to be good for their families, for their kids and straight on and going right. forward. So this is, I, I diverge a little bit from the question, but this is a little bit my, my yeah, view your, for, for the future. Your vision and what you see as, as why, how exactly. it all impacts. So it makes, makes sense. We're about to run out of time here. So I'm just going to, you have to just go very, very fast here on, on the, the last question was essentially, you know, what tips do you have, you know, for students, young professionals looking to get a career in sports, uh, looking to get a career in football? What, what, what kind of advice would you give for them? Uh, the first one is you need to understand who you are. Uh, so if you are a, a big uh, sales guy, and uh, I'm not a sales guy, even though I started as a sales, a sales manager, if you are a big guy that likes to talk and likes to manage and likes to negotiate and likes things, maybe uh, you need to understand who you are first to understand where you should go. So right. I, I quickly understood that I shouldn't go to an agency. I shouldn't be an agent. That's not my personal uh, lifestyle and what I really want. Right. And that's the first thing to understand and to understand that if you work for a club you're not win, you're not going to win much money for a long time yeah. probably uh, yeah. because football clubs unfortunately they don't pay much and that's also another thing understanding okay it's really nice to work for a club but yeah. you're not going to win lots of money at some point do you want to make the co opportunity cost of working for a club and for one two years to gain the name and then maybe jump into another one that's right. another thing and the second advice, as I told previously in our conversation, study, 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 study in terms of understand um, tactical concepts, uh, technical concepts, even though you might want to get a job um, as a legal guy. Uh, because if you know how to talk with people from the football world, if you know, if you are flawless in the conversation, in your, in arguments, right. uh, the the worst thing when you talk with a person in football is to is that they feel you are uh, uh, in Portugal we say treinador de bancada is uh, the the coach on the stand uh, the coach on 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 the stadium you know mm. the, the 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 typical supporter making yeah, yeah, and saying yeah. stuff and saying stuff <laughs> if you don't support that with clear and objective analysis if yeah. you don't make the inter the person in front of you understand that you actually really know what you're talking about right. you're dead because they will see you, okay, this is just another guy. Now you have lots of competition, much more competition. So uh, make courses, uh, study where you want more, but also general understanding of how a football structure works. And from that, everything will go on. Absolutely. Well, with that, Jose, I would like to thank you so much, you know, for, for taking the time, you know, for sharing your, your stories and your insights uh, about your career, about the football industry, a little bit what you learned along the way. So thank you so much for, for taking the time. And it was a pleasure having you, having you part of the podcast. It was my pleasure. And my for those pleasure, of you who have been here all the way at the end, you know, make sure to like the video, subscribe as well to get weekly, weekly tips 
from people like Jose every week, you know, imagine that, you know, that's a good way to learn. Another good way to learn is obviously, you know, check out the Sporting Global Academy, where we have multiple different kind of mini courses, digital courses that you can take with different kind of sports organizations. Again, educating you, learning the tips and insights that you don't learn in school, you know, making sure that you'll be aware of it and stay tuned for new courses coming your way too. You know, there might be something interesting along the way that we'll announce at some point. You know, I can't can't share everything yet, but I think Jose knows knows what I'm talking about. Um, but regardless yeah. of that, obviously, um, you know, if you haven't already, subscribe and sign up for free at sportingable.com. You know, connect with the right kind of people, find relevant job opportunities, and of course, find great universities to boost your sports career today. And one final thing, Jose, before we wrap up, um, it's kind of like a tradition here at the Sporting Global Podcast, and I have to I have to teach you a little bit Norwegian before we before we end it all. Sure. Cool. So with every video we do, we always finish with "vi snakkes," which means "see you later" in Norwegian. So that's what you have to say. "Vi snakket." There you Easy. go. Easy. "Vi snakket." <laughs> See you later. <laughs> All right. Thank Obrigado. Até so <laughs> já in Portuguese. Até <laughs> já. All right.